Welcome to the Pharmacy Quality Solutions Quality Corner Show, where we talk quality of healthcare and explore what that actually means. Let's dig into performance measurements, the equipped platform, pharmacy goals, and personal goals. We will also occasionally cover topical healthcare news and maybe throw into the conversation a few of our own nerdy passions and hobbies. So turn us up. The Quality Corner Show starts now. Hello, Quality Corner Show listeners. This is your host, Nick Dorich, and we welcome you to the next episode of the Quality Corner Show. We're going to take a different topic for today's episode, but our listeners should all understand the importance of it. As healthcare practitioners, we all make a commitment to protecting patients' health information. Now, what that means 30, 20, or even 10 years ago is vastly different when compared to the world that we live in today. People can be defined by their online presence or lack thereof. There are many tools, apps, and solutions built that are meant to help us manage our own health, exercise routines, or even just steps. In addition, we may use lots of items to retain passwords or to keep us logged in with certain devices. There is a battle between our convenience for our online presence and the data which could expose us to malicious activities. January 28th is Data Privacy Day. So we thought this would be an opportune time to discuss data privacy and what you should know. I'm going to introduce our guest for today. He's someone that I have found incredibly informative and it's wonderful, wonderful to have him on our show. His name is Bill Lakaitis and he is the Manager Infrastructure and CPL at PQS. Bill, welcome to the show. Hey, Nick. Pleasure to join the show today. I hope you guys are popping bottles down there in Durham, North Carolina in preparation for Data Privacy Day as PQS continues its efforts as a privacy security champion. Really excited to be here with you today and chat with one of the few New England Patriots fans I can stand. Well, Bill, I appreciate your uh, uh, compliment there, as backhanded as it may be, uh, <laughs> as a bad <laughs> And uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely excited for Data Privacy Day. It's something that every one of us as an individual has to work with and deal with. And um, unfortunately, it's an item where I think many of us are not as informed as we could be. So we're excited to have you on for today's show. Um, before we get into the topic, can you give us a little bit of background on yourself? Sure. So a quick introduction about myself. Um, I received my undergrad in management information systems from Gannon University um, and a master's in leadership and information technology from Duquesne University. Um, I've held various roles in IT from data analyst to director of information technology in both the private and public sector over the past 15 years. So I've really been blessed to experience the full spectrum of IT. I'm excited to be here to talk with you about data privacy. I'm sure it's some people's least favorite topic, but an important one because of the big data world we live in certainly one we need to stay informed on with the constantly changing technology and threat landscape. Yeah, thanks for that, Bill. And we're going to jump into today's questions. Again, I think this topic is going to be very different from the first 15 or so episodes that we've had with the Quality Corner Show. Um, But whether we're thinking about it from our standpoint, working in a pharmacy, working in a health system, or even just as an individual, um, I think it's going to be really important. So uh, my first question for today Um, It it doesn't seem like you can turn on the news or scroll through uh, Twitter uh, or LinkedIn or or any other platform without reading uh, about a data breach. Um, So to someone, a normal person like myself, seeing that these breaches or hacks aren't something that an individual controls. But we know that's not true. Um, In my research on data privacy, it seems like the most important thing is to create or, or to mold each individual person into a quote unquote champion of data security. 
So um, Bill, does that make sense? Um, how do you think that applies to healthcare providers um, uh, for, for healthcare work, but also in our individual lives, um, what would be your, uh, your approach on that? Yeah, Nick, and that's some really good commentary there. You really hit the nail on the head. Uh, the biggest thing I stress here at PQS that you're well aware of is that we're all stewards of privacy and security. It takes a team to move a mountain, so to have a good privacy program where we're truly mitigating risk of exposure of our partner's information, as well as our own proprietary information, it really is a team effort. If you don't have total team buy-in from the top down, you can have the most expensive technology on the market and will still be vulnerable. Any chink in the armor, so to speak, can be exploited. So as the saying goes, iron sharpens iron, we're all responsible for sharpening each other's knowledge of possible threats, staying educated, and holding each other accountable. People are an organization's weakest link and the quickest way of entry to an organization's assets, but people are also an organization's greatest asset. This is especially true in healthcare, which has been notoriously slow to adopt technology. Uh, there are entities still out there charting on paper, faxing patient information to landlines and things of that nature. It'll take a concerted effort by everybody in the healthcare field to truly make a difference, make sure that data privacy across the board as a whole uh, healthcare entity is taken care of. Yeah, thanks for that, Bill. And I think the key point here is that we can have the best systems, we can have the best control, but all it takes is one slip up uh, or one bad practice, one bad habit um, for not just an individual's device um, to be compromised, <clears throat> excuse me, but that could have a potential impact on a system or anything else that that is connected with. Um, so Bill, when it comes to the data security is practicing for uh, practicing data, data integrity or good, good habits, is that the best way to protect information? Yeah, I think um, you've participated in sports, Nick. We've had we have a lot of conversation about sports. It still it still applies in this situation, right? Practice makes perfect. Um, so everything that we do, you know, we have a, a very um, detailed education program internally where we're doing, you know, simulated phishing attempts, um, simulated USB attempts, even simulated phishing, which is voice phishing attempts, um, where we'll actually have someone call and see if they can compromise that way um, and get some, some uh, proprietary or, or uh, partner information. So yeah, like you, like you mentioned, I mean, practice makes perfect and, it, and it's holding each other accountable as well. Yeah, I think just about everybody can relate to getting uh, plenty of calls, unsolicited, unwarranted phone calls or voicemails, uh, whether it be with work or whether it be personal. So uh, thanks for right. the questions there, Bill. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, and that, that's great information for us to set the stage. And we all need to have a commitment to protecting uh, not just our data, but data that we may be working with. So what are some simple steps that everyone should utilize when it comes to utilizing a personal device or a device that you're getting from your company that you're working for? Something like a laptop, maybe it's a, a, a cell phone, either when you're at home or when you're out in a public location. Yeah, and we're in a technology age, right, where everybody's, Faces are pretty much in their phones walking down the street or in a coffee shop or whatever. So I think the main thing um, here that's most important is to be aware of your surroundings. Um, malicious actors can be sitting on public Wi-Fi, sniffing the traffic, or even looking over your shoulder. Um, be responsible with the information you're consuming in public locations. Criminals are known to set up legitimate hotspots with, with, with their own software lurking on the network. So uh, do not access your financial, personal, confidential, or medical records over unsecured public Wi-Fi. 
you're better off setting up your own hotspot, which almost every single phone at this point has, um, and using that while accessing the services that I've mentioned uh, in a public place. Another good tip is turn off automatic Bluetooth con connectivity. With your Bluetooth connectivity left open, anyone sitting in a hotel lobby or nearby coffee shop could pick up that signal and gain access to your device. This could happen quickly and without your knowledge at the same time. Um, lastly, I'd say keep your device on you at all times. If you have to step away or even a short period to grab a coffee or a bathroom, things of that nature, make sure you're locking your screen. These would be some of the basic core tips I would offer people using any sort of technology in a public setting. Yeah, thanks for those, Bill. I, I know for myself thinking about a lot of these items, they've been best practices that um, I'll confirm for you that I've been doing, trying to do for, for a while as I've been learning about this. And um, it, it really does, comes in a lot of ways to what is convenient when you're utilizing that technology, but we can't let the convenience be the part that drives our actions or allows for these opportunities to take control. So um, really good for us to stay on top of those items. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think to your point, you do an excellent job. So kudos to you. And um, it's a culture thing as well. You know, PQS, we've kind of ingrained a culture of stewardship of privacy and security, and everybody does a great job with it. And I think that's, you know, it starts from the top down with Jeff Newell, our CEO, and down, down, downstream. So, you know, the buy-in has been awesome. And again, building a culture takes time, and we've really done a great job of doing that at PQS. Yeah. All right, Bill, we're going to move to our final question of the day on data privacy. And this one is, is probably something that people are going to be thinking of more so for their personal life. But I do think the lines between personal online presence, professional online presence, and, and how that deals with branding, those lines are certainly beginning to, uh, to blur a whole lot. Um, even for, for healthcare providers, pharmacists, uh, and the like. So um, whether it's uh, privacy settings we have for our online accounts, social media presence, uh, bringing this all together with data breaches, um, at some point we've had to manage online accounts either uh, for fun <laughs> that we enjoy or for some business purposes or it's managing things like an online bank account. Um, in many of these cases, we've had these accounts set up for years and years, but and we're just starting really now to realize the data breach concerns or security concerns that may be coming along with that. So um, what do we do to protect uh, these items that may already exist? And, and uh, if there are items where we find out that one of our tools that we use online does have a breach or something like that occurs, what steps should we take to protect ourselves? Yeah, so I think, you know, really good question there because um, we see a lot of, you know, things, you know, social media manipulation, people's accounts being hacked, people's Twitter accounts actually being sold for the followers, um, for people that have a large amount of followers being hacked and their followers being sold. So we see this regularly in society today. The main thing you want to do here is review each account configuration regularly and institute two-factor where possible so that your accounts require multiple forms of authentication and check your password regularly. Regulatory guidance calls for between 60 and 90 days um, I would just have something similar for your personal accounts. Um, just to make sure you're constantly rotating passwords, um, you know, and not keeping every, not keeping the same password for multiple sites. There's a lot of unique password managers that do, you know, like LastPass that will allow you to do multi-factor authentication that will store your passwords in a secure manner. So I think things like that are, are good um, tools for you to leverage. Uh, no one's going to remember a secure password for every single one of the websites that is 
I mean, unless you're some child prodigy and, and going to Harvard at the age of 10, I don't even know if that's possible. So um, what I would suggest is using tools similar to that. Um, make sure you're using complex password. Nick hashtag one, two, three is not a secure password, Nick. So understood. Use, <laughs> use 12 character alphanumeric with letters, numbers, and symbols. Again, tools like LastPass will generate them for you. Yeah, I know for, for myself, Bill, and, and as we've gone through best practices, um, the biggest thing that I found was that it was very daunting at first where we've got so many different tools, platforms we, should, we, we are using, be it work uh, or, or personal. And at first, it's, uh, it, it's a lot to kind of take in. But if you're setting a good process, good reminder, where you're routinely setting those, uh, it becomes a lot easier. It's a habit, just like a lot of other things. So it's definitely doable. Um, I can tell you I wasn't a you know child genius Harvard at age 10 or 12, and I've been able to figure these things out. So I think most people, most people should be able to figure out a process that works for them. Yeah, again, great point, Nick. Um, I mean, get into a habit. I mean, habits form consistency. So you want to make sure you're consistent with doing it. If you're doing it sporadically, chances are you're going to forget it or you're not going to do it regularly. You're not going to do it for every site. Just get into habit like you had mentioned um, and, and, and the practice will become reality on a regular basis. Yep. All right. So this is a very important conversation and I expect it's not the last time we are going to be covering data security and privacy on the Quality Corner show. Uh, when we were doing some planning and we brought this topic on when we invited Bill to come join the show. I, I can say that Bill was probably the most excited of any of the guests we've had so far that he got to come on, that he was going to be able to share some great knowledge about a topic that means a lot, uh, not just for us here at PQS, but really for all of our listeners. So um, Bill, we were brief today, but I'm sure there is more that we can cover and that we will cover in the future. So uh, for your final remarks for today, any recommendations on where our listeners should start if they want to use some uh, data security best practices. Sure. Um, well, thanks for having me, Nick. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm a talker. So anytime I can get the opportunity to chat, especially with you, I enjoy conversations we have on a regular basis. So it was a pleasure to be here and talk with you about this subject. So a great place to start um, is staysafeonline.org. Information is easy to consume for anybody of any technical skill set. Um, and the last thing I would say is just stay diligent in your efforts to ensure data privacy because criminals are as diligent as ever to take it from you. Great. Thanks, Bill. And uh, I'll be sure to check out staysafeonline.org myself. If it requires a password, I'll definitely make sure that it's a complex one. Um, but with that, uh, it was my pleasure to have you join the Quality Corner Show and discuss how we can help our listeners improve. This wasn't our usual topic of healthcare quality or improvement, but data security and privacy is always top of mind for our, for our healthcare practitioners. We have covered a lot of material and actions items today uh, for you, our podcast listener, and it is important that we don't bombard you with too much content. Uh, so therefore, we're gonna thank Bill for his participation with today's show. Bill may be a recurring guest as we should continue to talk about data privacy and security in future episodes. But for now, we're gonna close this episode that you can start to implement or improve your own data security uh, based on the conversations that we had today. So our team here at PQS has a couple of favors to ask of you, our listener. First, we encourage you to share this podcast with two friends. Because if you share this with two friends and each of them shares it with two friends, it really helps us hit a larger listening audience. Second, we also want to take a moment to remind you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you may find it. And then if you have any questions or topics you would like us to address, 
please contact us. The best way to do so is to email info at pharmacyquality.com. Let us know what is on your mind and what we can address so that you are fully informed. Our goal is to continuously improve our podcast content and to provide meaningful information to our listeners based on current topics in healthcare, technology, and quality measurement. We want to help you become as effective as possible in how you care for patients and improve public health outcomes. So until next time, we wish you well.